Be clear on every character's agenda in a scene and the agendas in conflict. Before you write, just take a moment to jot down what each character in the scene wants, even if, as Kurt Vonnegut once said, it is only a glass of water. James Scott Bell. You're listening to Writing Roots, brought to you by Aspen House Publishing. Welcome to Writing Roots. I'm Lee Hull. And I'm Lee Esses. One of the questions that I've seen pop up a couple of different times in social media, and therefore I wanted to address, is how do I write a scene with 15 active characters involved? Let me tell you, been there, done that, it is complicated, and I really regretted doing it. The good news is you as the author have a lot of options to get there. There are a lot of ways to tell a fascinating story or make an interesting scene, even if there's so much going on. The first piece of advice that we have for you in this is you don't need to explain everything that's happening. Likely your 15 characters aren't all talking with each other. Your point of view character is going to miss out on some of the stuff, some of the extraneous conversations that are happening. And that's okay. If it's important, there will be time for that later. This can get a little complex if you're trying to write an omniscient point of view. You can float about the room a little bit, but don't lose focus. Don't say, this person said this over there, and then the response be something that someone else didn't even hear the first thing said over there. Focus on each smaller space if you are floating about the room. If you are writing multiple points of view, find the most interesting point of view to use for that scene, the one that is most likely to convey the information you want to the readers. You don't actually have to have all 15 people being active from that character's point of view. Another major thing that you can do to make handling this 15 active characters easier is to clump them together. There are a lot of ways to clump them together. In the case of the Council of the One Ring, there are a lot of active characters in that scene in which the Fellowship is born from. What Tolkien did in order to make this scene easier to understand is he clumped them together, in this case, by race, by origins. So your elves all sat together and they pretty much only had like one person talking for them. Your humans sat together, your hobbits sat together, your dwarves sat together. And again, they all pretty much only had one person talking for them in general. In that particular case, he also had a leader, Elrond, to kind of organize everybody. Another thing you can do as an author is how you name the characters. The one that I really think of is actually the Princess Diaries, where your villain trio is Hannah, Anna, and Fontana. (laughs) But again, it's that kind of similar names to help you group them into a category. So you can have one or two people talking for them without having to crowd it with a bunch of different voices. You can also give them nicknames from the main character's point of view. So that one's chin and that one's nose because that one has a big chin and that one has a big nose. And you don't know their names. Those kinds of physical identifiers can be a good way to differentiate between who is in the scene. And they're a lot easier to remember. 
the last way you can group them isn't necessarily by their personality types or their names, but by the physical locations that they're in. So there was one scene in The Witcher where a bunch of people were getting together to go on the dragon hunt. You had them sorted by teams. So this team was happening over here, this team was happening over here. And you can follow who's grouped with who because they're physically in the same space. Now, if you as the author are having a hard time keeping track of the many people you have in a scene, you can use a fight chart. Even if there's not a fight, you can still use our format for a fight chart to help you break down everyone's movements and placements and interactions. This helps make sure that nobody is twiddling their thumbs for a certain amount of time and nobody's trying to do too much in one moment that everyone else is just taking a bite or whatever. This will also help you know if your main character just happens to glance over there that this person is drinking the wine at that point. So you have all of these actions that are going, and as you're writing the scene, you get to choose what you insert, even though you as the author know what's happening in every space. And remember that what is unsaid is often as important as what is actually said in the situations. So if you are not mentioning a particular character for a while, make sure that that's intentional. Maybe they snuck away and the main character didn't notice and only towards the end of the conversation goes, oh wait, where did that person go? That's why we haven't heard from them in a minute. And especially if it's chaotic, it's okay to lean into that. Your readers are going to have a hard time keeping track of these 15 characters. You as the author are going to have a hard time keeping track of these characters. If you're at a tavern and two of the characters get, are having a bit of a bar fight and your main character is talking to the pretty lady and the people having the bar fight just sort of stumble through the conversation in one side and out the other, that's perfectly okay. That's a little bit of comedic relief and they're moving on. My favorite example of this recently is in my reread of The Bands of Mourning. The main crew, you've got Wax and Wayne, you've got the love interest Steris, you've got Marisy, you have Wayne, you have Milan, and you have the hotel proprietor. That's seven people. That's still a lot of characters to have, especially these big named outspoken characters all in one place in one scene. And they are checking out this hotel suite that they've rented out with the proprietor, and it is pure chaos the entire time. And it's told from the point of view of one of the most chaotic characters. <laughs> so he's just taking it all in. And we see little bits here and there, like Wax trying to break the windows so that he can make sure that there's an easy exit if they get attacked. And you have Steris, who is a very detailed and extra planner, talking to the proprietor, saying, oh, here is this booklet I compiled of all the potential problems that we're going to have. Yes, explosion is on the list and we will pay for any damages. And <laughs> you have Milan, who is a character who can eat bones of other characters and become them, walking in saying that this person better not have dropped her skulls and damaged any of her bones because she needs those. And it's this beautifully crafted thing that is just pure chaos, but absolutely represents all of these characters. The last major bullet point that we have for advice on how to write a scene with 15 different characters is to make sure it extends beyond that one scene. If you're writing this as a short story for your writing club, then I suggest not having 15 characters. 
if you are writing it for your book, great, because that's going to happen. But you don't have to introduce everybody at that first scene. Introduce all of the characters as they become relevant, as they become necessary to the story. A good example of this is something like a party scene. And the one I think of is from Devil Wears Prada, where Anne Hathaway's character has had to memorize and learn the names of all these really important people in the fashion industry so she can tell Meryl Streep's character who these people are because Meryl Streep is important enough that she can't be bothered to learn anyone's names. So you have that one character who can provide that information and be that explanation for all of these other characters that exist. Also understand who we're meeting ahead of time. We met Aragorn as Strider before the meeting of the Fellowship of the Ring. We met Gandalf. We met all of the hobbits. We even met Elrond prior to this scene. So having these other characters with other stories and other moments attached to their names makes it much easier to keep track of them later on. And the more interesting these moments that you have attached to them, the easier it is to keep track of them in this massive scene that you're writing. And if you ever have a character that you have meet your main characters, but aren't important yet, make sure that you've given them something identifiable. So they can say, you were the guy at the party, right? The one with the hat? And the person can say, yeah, my name is whatever. And they can introduce themselves to the audience at a time where they actually become relevant but we can see that they have been in the story, or at least part of it, for a while. This is especially useful for your red herring characters that you kind of want to introduce, but you don't want to draw too much attention to. You introduce them in a large, busy environment, and you can relate back to them based on their physical attributes or something they did, the one who sang the really terrible and sync song. Sure. That person we can remember just enough to bring up only later when it's relevant. And the final piece of advice that I have for you is feel free to jump perspectives in a scene. Not head hopping, but say you have a big final battle at the end and your characters are a little spread out. You can write two or three paragraphs from one character's perspective do a scene break, jump to a different character so you can show all of that important information from the other side of the battlefield or whatever. But this does take a lot of practice. It does take a lot of time to be able to write that well. And it takes some planning. So you know everything that's happening on that battlefield so you can represent it from the right characters as it becomes relevant. And I think that's the basic of the advice here. If you're going to have many characters in a scene, Make sure you know what is actually relevant and what actually needs to be included and whether some of those characters even need to be there in the first place. And if they aren't there, they don't necessarily need to be mentioned and pointed out so that the reader has to remember all of these different things. Writing these scenes can be a lot of work, but it can also be a lot of fun. We would definitely recommend you sift through your favorite stories, figure out how your favorite authors did it, and you can replicate that structure, that format, in how you're doing it with your story. Make sure that your information isn't confined to that scene. Write it before and after. You know what's interesting and what's relevant to your story. Lean into that. Let the interesting and relevant be your guide. And then write selfishly. 
If you have a question or comment for our hosts or a topic you'd like us to cover, send us an email at writingroots at aspenhousepublishing.com or find us on Facebook by searching for Aspen House Publishing. 